Blog Talk Radio. This is the Change Book Radio Show, global insight and inspiration for life and business. We're brought to you by the fastest growing personal development book series in the world titled The Change. And I'm your host and voice, Stacey Carnaluni, transformational leader and coach, international best-selling author, and founder of High Powered Success Academy and StaceyC.com, The Power to Be. Welcome to The Change. Hello, friends. Welcome to the show today. We have an extraordinary um, legend in the personal development world. His name is Jim Lutz, and I consider him one of my close mentors. He keeps me from shrinking, um, keeps me playing big and expanding daily. He is the founder of the Change or co-founder of the Change Book book series and the founder owner of Lutz International. He has taught his branded form of human performance since the early 1990s and continues to accelerate top-level entrepreneurs by conducting trainings on personal growth and subconscious programming worldwide. We are so honored to have this guy on the show today. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show, Jim Lutz. Hey, Stacy, can you hear me okay? I can. Yeah, I don't want you to shrink too much for you're so petite already, so you, shrink, you shrink out of a shrink out of existence. So we can't <laughs> won't be able to see me. Oh my god. I was thinking about you. You know, you hold a space for people and for yourself. And this is what makes you so rock solid and ruthless is this expansive space that you hold for yourself and others. And we appreciate you so much. And you're hard to be around and you're intimidating and you're because you're so confronting. But we appreciate that about you. And um you can't spend too much time in your presence without producing some kind of positive uh, results in your life. So thank you for all that you do. Well, I just learned a lot about myself. Wow, thank you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, I want to begin by, um, it, this may seem like a really silly question, but I believe that successful people um you know, they're not just waiting for things to come to them. They're, you know, I used the word intentional earlier. And of course, Jim even questioned me about that word. Like, what does that really mean to be intentional? And I believe it means to be deliberate, to be taking action continually to get what you want out of life. And he is such a stellar example um, of that. But tell us how you started your day today. Sure, absolutely. Well, um, like everybody, I'm assuming that is on the show, we woke up. Uh, I've been conditioned. Everything is yes. conditioning. Um, it's a good thing. Uh, everybody is conditioning, uh, you know, and I wake up early. I, I just naturally wake up very early. It's not that uh, I always did, but I got up uh, so early to an alarm for some decades that now my, you know, I'm just consciously, uh, subconsciously, you know, wired to get up early. So, uh, you know, unless I, you know, have some festivities I go to the night before, then I usually get up around uh, 530. Uh, I grab myself, uh, you know, something like a protein shake. I head to the gym. Gym's number one in the uh, in the morning because otherwise you'll end up saying, oh, I got so busy today I didn't have time to go. Well, I'm not doing a lot at six in the morning. So I uh, go to the gym for an hour, come back, uh, answer all my emails and all the superfluous things that uh, all these conduits we all have from Facebook Messenger to Instagram to Twitter to emails to WhatsApp to, you know, all these other things that, uh, people contact. So I get all that done. And then my day starts and my day consists of uh, interacting with people with intermittent breaks uh, to make sure my plans and my tactics and strategies are on point. So one of the things that we discussed before is you have to be outcome based. You have to know where your destination is and then reverse engineer it 
if you are not open to altering your tactics and strategies, uh, you may fly into the mountain uh, because you need to alter course sometimes based on the weather, based on the circumstances, based on the interactions. And so a lot of times what happens is people become overly regimented in their day-to-day activities, but they're not looking at their gauges. And their gauges are, if you own a business, uh, are your revenues going up? Yes or no. And so we have to look at those gauges and then suspend our ego, even though we love doing this or love doing that, and engage in some uh, alternative or modified methodology so that you do, you do reach that direction for that out- income. So, so good. So your eyes are continually on the outcome that you will produce. Well, it is. And period. that's multifaceted. It's not, it's not always money. I mean, it's, it's money, mm-hmm. it's health, it's relationships, it's spirituality, it's whatever, whatever area you're doing, um, you know, you need to know where you're going. And that's why mm-hmm. so many people in life, they'll, you know, they'll, uh, they'll make uh, statements like I want a better life. That that lack of specificity, it'll, it'll usually never happen because yeah. the, the universe, um, God doesn't, whatever somebody's belief is, um, there's no specificity. What is a better life? I mean, in other words, if your rent got reduced by $10, is that a better life? Well, technically I guess it is a better life. So there. So now you've reached your destination. <laughs> so we have to have some <laughs> some specificity so on where we're going and exactly what we want, and then divide that into each area as well, versus just a uh, a uh, an overall construct that we just make a statement that has uh, that has zero details in it. Awesome, awesome. So would you um, say that a lot of your success can be attributed to adaptability or more of uh, integrity, where do you see your success kind of lying? Well, integrity, in integrity to is going to be things. your, sure, sure. Well, integrity is going to be your long-term conduit to success because, you know, if you don't have integrity and, and integrity is a, you know, a multidimensional word in and by itself, um, it just means doing what you say you're going to do and, and giving it a best effort at producing results uh, with all parties involved. So you're making money by giving, not by taking. You're scaling your business and yourself by giving and serving others and not by, by taking. Um, you know, that said, um, you, know, you, need to, you need to know exactly what it is that, uh, that you, again, that what, you, what it is that you want. And so many people, uh, they just don't know what they don't know. So it is what I see a lot of times these days with entrepreneurs is because they're never anointed with a degree, they may be with a certification, but because they're never anointed with a degree uh, like they would in the normal academic construct out there, uh, then they're continually learning. And continually learning is a wonderful thing, but you have to reach a point to where you're continually applying what you've learned and continue <laughs> learning. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times people are just, I mean, they're endlessly on webinars. They're endlessly on trainings. They're endlessly reading books. And that's fantastic because that was me. But uh, at the same time, though, I was applying that. So people say, well, Jim, in the early days, you know, how did you succeed? And the fact is, I outworked every man on the planet Earth, period, end of story. There wasn't some manifestation. There wasn't, I mean, I worked. Weekends, evenings, holidays, birthdays, uh, I worked uh, really, really, really hard. And, and a lot of times people don't want to hear that because they're looking to move into the entrepreneurial space as less work. Oh, no, no, no. It's more work. But it's work, <laughs> that, <laughs> it's work that is flexible, especially with technology these days. And it's work that's not really work. So people will ask me, Jim, when are you going to retire? And I said, well, artists don't retire. 
Oh, yeah. And so they're assuming retirement means end of work. I don't really work. I mean, go tell Beyonce, go tell, you know, yeah. Aerosmith, go tell, you know, somebody to stop making music. They have enough money. So sometimes people see the goal of financial security as the end game. That just gives you a social lubricant to help other people to do more things and to create more of uh, your own reality and where you want to go. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you brought up so many awesome points. I want to go back to integrity is about giving. It's amazing. Well, integrity is, of taking. Is, well, it's, not, it's not only about giving. It's about building a business that is uh, producing a revenue by giving, not by taking, by doing things for people, not to people. So yeah. That's going to carry on that, uh, that. See, people talk about you when you're not around, and it may not always be, maybe they don't like you. I mean, so, you know, our, you know we can't have everybody like us, especially if you're, the, the greater your exposure, the more the percentage of people that, you know, may not agree or may not even like you. Uh, however, there's no chink in your armor if you've always done what you said you're going to do. And that can be something big, or it can be as simple as keeping an appointment. Um, if you say you're going to call somebody at 3 o'clock, call them at 3 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because maybe they cut their their – yeah, well, maybe they cut their, their conversation with their mother short to be on that call, but you had to finish watching, you know, uh, Maury Povich on TV or something. So it's not uh, – it's disrespectful to that individual, and it carries a residual unprofessionalism as well. So you always want to make sure that before you say you're going to do something, just make sure that you're in a position, you know, time-wise, money-wise, relationship-wise, to, to go ahead and do that. So that's really what integrity is uh, from a baseline. And then ultimately that trust within those two parties grows and that can spawn into uh, business opportunities or relationships, all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Your unique brand of world-class mind training is really what you call it. It's a combination of subconscious programming along with persuasion, charisma and communication techniques. And you do all of these trainings with groups, not private clients, correct? I don't do private clients anymore in regards to where it would fall under the umbrella of therapy. I certainly don't do smoking or weight loss. And I'm just not, uh, I, I just don't like the therapeutic aspect of hypnosis. My background is uh, one of the top hypnosis experts in the, in the country, if not the world. And, and you become an expert by, by uh, application and practice, not any, not any different than the piano or dancing or the guitar. So I've been doing it for nearly 30 years and uh, have obviously taken the techniques that I was taught a long time ago and created my own versions of them and improved them, uh, I like to think, in many areas. And then I combined that with psychosomatic parenthetics, uh, different modality and neurolinguistic programming and, and, other, and other modalities to create you know, unconscious change in the individual and so, yeah, uh, private clients, the only private clients I really deal with now uh, are teaching uh, persuasive sales skills from the stage or from the platform. Uh, you know, a lot of times people want to get into the seminar industry and they're not influencers, they're speakers. And so you have to learn certain, it's difference between teaching and influencing. Teachers don't make a lot of money. Uh, influencers make a million dollars because they mm -hmm. understand how to weave their content with what's called a directive. So those are the types of private clients I do. Then I enjoy smaller groups and then massively large seminars as well. Uh, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Katerina Kazayas and uh, myself, mm -hmm. we have an event called CPI, which is short for Charisma Persuasion Influence. She brings her charisma skills. 
I bring persuasion and influence. And so that's applicable towards people that want to increase their interaction skills. Uh, My personal seminars are more dealing with reprogramming the subconscious at a deeper level, whether that be small groups or larger seminars, and then leaving them with the tactics and strategies that they can utilize on their own. Because unless you deal with the subconscious, then excitation dialogue is like marbles in your hand and you're click, 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 click. And they're all excited. Click, 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 click. Boy, I just went to this event. Click, 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 click. You drop them on a table the next day. Some of them roll farther than others, but they all stop. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to deal with that inertia. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, is part of your work, which is, is so common in the coaching world right now, is identifying the limiting beliefs or the cycles of sabotage that are happening that keep people from progressing. Do you even deal with that? Or do you go straight to um, kind of the results that, that they're looking to produce in their life and, and just put on that right mind that's going to give them the results that they want? Uh, both. I mean, it, you know, in other words, um, well, they both work. So let's say uh, – okay. Let's say that I, I mean, and you know, one isn't in favor of the other. See, sometimes it's not advantageous to bring um, the source or the origin to the conscious mind because sometimes right. that can create other problems in their current life circumstances. So sometimes it is. It just depends yeah. on the circumstance. So, you know, but I, I don't, uh, again, I'm not, do, I don't, I used to do the therapeutic aspects of hypnosis. I just don't as much anymore. But let's say you cut your arm. And it needed stitches. So you go to the doctor, and what's the doctor going to do? He's going to do what? Stitch up your arm, right? Mm-hmm. And then the arm's going to do what? Heal. Grow back together. That's right. Yeah, it's going to heal. That's right. It's going to mm-hmm. heal, right? Okay. In that specific case, does it matter how you cut your arm? No. No. Unless, here's a caveat, unless you go back, and rub it up against the same broken glass window over and over and over again. So if the originating originating behavior becomes repetitive, whether that be need for approval, fear of criticism, need for love, whatever that is, well, then, yes, you need to address that and alter the, uh, you know, the triggering behavior. Sometimes, though, uh, it isn't as deep as some people make it. Sometimes it is uh, programmed through traumatic incident, authority figure, or repetition. Those are the three primary ways you're programmed. Traumatic incident, authority figure, repetition. If you get bit by a snake, you don't need to get bit by the snake 35 times to know you have a fear of snakes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Right. So, but sometimes people will have nine consecutive bad relationships to where their partner seems to re- um, repeat the same behaviors toward them then that may be a deeper-seated uh, need uh, subconsciously okay. for them. So it may at that point be more advantageous to seek out the, the, the origin. Got it, got it. Where did all of this start for you? How did, how did all this come together? <clears throat> oh, very simple, easy story. Uh, grew up in San Diego, California, was sitting on a wall at Pacific Beach. They have a wall there. And, uh, yeah, it was in I my, uh, Yeah, I know. You've been there? Yeah, so I was sitting yeah. on, the, on the wall. And uh, I, don't know, I was about 25, 26, I guess. And I was sitting there, and uh, this guy sat down. He was about 40. At that time, he was an old guy. And so he was about 40, and uh, <laughs> he sat down, and, uh, and uh, I said, what are you doing? I said, I'm... that's right, that's right. And I said, uh, well, I'm watching the girls go by. 
And he goes, what else are you doing? I go, well, then I watch him go by the other direction. And then uh, he goes, I'm just enjoying my day on the beach. And so, uh, and so I, I said, what do you do? He said, I'm an entrepreneur. And, and I thought, you know, that was somebody that studied bugs or something. I never even heard that word before. And I go, really? How's that going for you? And he goes, it's great. I, my, I tell myself uh, where I want to go, 365, 24-7. I have total unrestricted freedom. And my brother was a PhD. My dad was a business guy, and they didn't have that freedom. They got an hour for lunch. Um, and I said, wow, I've never heard somebody that was that free, unless they were homeless, I guess. I never knew somebody that was that <laughs> free, but that actually had money. And so I said, well, how do you do that? He goes, well, first you decide to uh, become an entrepreneur and pick your lane. He goes, but then you build yourself first before you build the, uh, any business. And he pointed to his head and he said, uh, you build your mind first. And, and then obviously think and grow rich magic of believing by Claude Bristol, Wallace Waddles, uh, maximum achievement, all of the classic books I went out and got and read and read and read and became fascinated. They kept talking about the subconscious mind over and over and over. So now I know about the subconscious mind. Then serendipitously, I go to a party in La Jolla and it was a Christmas party and there was a hypnotist there and he was talking about the subconscious mind. And I watched that gentleman do some of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And that was my aha moment. I said, that's it. That's it. That's what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Um, I'm a little OCD. So I go, I'm going to be one of the best in the world. That's it. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, so I go, where do you learn this stuff? And he goes, in college? I go, I don't know. Where, where do you learn it? And he said, there's people that teach it. I go, who's the best in the world? Uh, that's who I want to study under. And he said, well, arguably Gil Boyne in Los Angeles, who's passed on long ago. But he said, arguably Gil Boyne. I said, really? Okay. Then I drove uh, my car up to L.A. I met Gil. We became friends, trained under him for a while and became friends. And he showed me some of the more, you know, inner circle kind of tricks of the trade, if you would. And then uh, he goes, yeah, Jim, you're a natural at hypnosis. And I go, well, thank you so much. And he goes, yeah, but you suck. Go, what do you mean I suck? <laughs> and he goes, uh, because I can teach you a golf swing in a weekend, but you're no good. You're not going to be on the PGA Tour until you swing that thing thousands of times. I go, got it. So I just went out, and don't get near me because I'm going to do my best to hypnotize you. So I just practiced and practiced and practiced and failed and failed and practiced and failed and practiced. Same as anything else in life until I got really good. And so that's how it all came about. And then I used those techniques on myself, and my businesses flourished, and you know, it was amazing to watch, you know, what happened as the uh, self, uh, self-limiting self beliefs uh, moved out of their way. You know, here's, here's little Jimmy with a high school education that owns three corporations. Was that possible? And uh, another gentleman said to me, he goes, well, you need a degree to work for the company. You don't need a degree to own it. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> How does a 25-year-old kid at the beach make a decision like that? Like, what was going on with you at 25 years old that opened you up to such an incredible opportunity? Well, I, uh, I don't even know. Like, I, was, I don't know. No, I don't. Uh, you know, I was already very disciplined. I've always been. I've been in the martial arts since I was 13. Uh, okay. So uh, 3% of the people that walk in to uh, a dojo, martial arts studio, uh, they all yeah. say they want to be a black belt. Three to five percent make it. Um, I went to black belt, and then I went and got another black belt. So when I make a decision, um, I don't stop. I don't retreat. I don't turn back. So that was ingrained in me since you know, since I was a, a, a my early teens through through the martial arts, and then I moved that into playing guitar and bands. And you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't succeed or fail. You know, ninety five percent of all guitars that people buy are under their bed. Yeah, they never learn to play them. But 
to me, I said, I'm going to commit to learning to playing the guitar. So my fingers got sore. They didn't go where I wanted them either. Uh, same thing as the virtuoso. But I just stuck with it till I played the guitar. So I brought – all I did was bring an already kind of honed version of myself to where when I decided to learn hypnosis and it's, you know, in the subsequent related fields of neurolinguistic programming or psychosomatic – then I'm going to learn it. And yeah. – there is all, like I said earlier, I'll adjust the strategies, the tactics, the methodology, and the directions, but there's no turning back. It's not, I don't try anything. No. Uh, you know, but no. that's why I'm very conscious of my decisions, though. Before I yeah. decide to do something, I know I'm all in and I'm going for it. So I don't stick my toe in the, in the, in the water. I make sure I jump in and jump off the mountain and build a parachute on the way down. Yeah. Oh, God. That's so awesome. I knew about your martial arts background, but I wasn't sure at what age you had done that. That's so all of that character and um, you knew who you were even before you stepped into that. I mean, you had to. Yeah, to martial, make arts, it martial arts. Yeah, martial arts. I got into martial arts, um, not for discipline, um, not for because I wanted to be Bruce Lee. Uh, I got into martial arts because I was getting my butt kicked all the time. That's why I got into oh, martial arts. <laughs> oh, my God. This is beautiful. Wow. My dad oh my would say, God. where's the bicycle we bought you? I go, same place the other one is. They took it. <laughs> wow. That's yeah, awesome. Okay. Do you have brothers and sisters? Uh, no, my whole family's passed uh, from various reasons and various circumstances and various times. Awesome. You are so committed I'm a, I'm a, to the people a, in your life. I'm, a, I'm an army of one. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah you no, know, you know, life goes yeah. through. I mean, you know, I mean, it, you know, it's not, you know, it's about me in terms of uh, passing on knowledge that may empower, inspire, or direct people, but it's really about them. I mean, you know, they, they have to really begin to become their own best project. And, you know, we have to make sure that we're using, and we've talked about this many times, we're using some form of gauges or something to monitor. I mean, like, you know, if you go to a, an airplane, there's a cockpit and there's gauges there for a reason. So there's an altimeter to tell you what altitude you're flying. And if that altimeter is going down, um, hang on. Cause it's, everything's about to end. If yeah. it is, uh, if it's going up, you're gaining altitude and you can now make many, many choices from 30,000 feet high, but we get fooled when it shows us that we're flying and we're flying level. Well, fly level straight into a mountain. You oh better know God. what's up ahead. Yeah. You better know what's up ahead. Same in your business, same in your life, same in your, you know, in anything else. And it always takes, I mean, oh, you and uh, your great husband, Hugo, and every, I mean, you're the epitome of, of a perfect relationship. And I know you guys have, I'm sure, you know, ups and downs, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. you, you know, I mean, well, everybody does. I mean, it's, it's human yeah. interaction, yeah. yet, yet, you know, you've committed and, and made something work and that's, you know, envious from a lot of people that are, you know, that are in dysfunction. So, you know, we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. I'm, um, I've just strengthened my weaknesses pretty much. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, I met you and Jim Britt um, by responding to an email invitation to co-author a book and it was titled the change. And I was so very excited about the title and I thought, what a cool, like, um, just a great vision that you guys had for creating this platform that would be global and connecting so many experts and, and authors around the world, enabling us and empowering us to be able to serve and reach such a, a bigger um, audience. So I was so impressed with the vision. So talk to us a little bit about how that started, how it came about, where you see it going, um, where we're at sure. today. 
Sure, absolutely. Um, it started with a conversation in Los Angeles to where we, uh, we knew that so many coaches and speakers and authors um, had the best of intention, uh, incredible gifts and talent. Uh, they didn't know how to brand or market themselves or leverage PR or connections or collaborations and all the things that built and scaled our companies into the seven figures. And, and so we decided to put together a book that would be a common thread that would connect um, people in the self-empowerment, personal development industry, uh, that that would be something that they were all involved in together that was a tangible. And then the intangible is the community of those individuals. We're now well over 300 co-authors in 26 countries and, and growing into a mentorship platform and a collaborative platform for those individuals. We said, you know, well, what would we, charge for something like this. And uh, we knew that a lot of people were on limited budgets and they can't, you know, they can't afford $15,000 and even if it's worth it. So we went and looked at what a booth costs at an event on a weekend and an average booth at an event is about $2,500. And that's how we came up with the price. We said, well, you know, we can have all of this, the book, uh, my mentorship, Jim's mentorship, marketing training, the collaborations, worldwide connections, $2,500, which is nothing really to put into a business. That's probably what a coffee stand would, st- would cost if you started it. So that's where we came up with, with that. And then uh, we created a, a radio show that uh, Rich Perry and Lawrence Pipkin originally hosted. Then they passed the baton to the great Deb Crow, and uh, she took it and, and scaled that radio show and then passed the baton to you. And you're doing a tremendous job with it as well. And so the radio show gives another uh, springboard to exposure uh, that people can get on and be interviewed on the show as well. And that's archived and put up on, uh, on social media networks as well. So it's really a, not a book in the conventional sense. Um, there's a lot of people with books, but no bank accounts. So this is really a, uh, a PR marketing and branding platform. And the book is a component of the overall. So what we're doing for this year is, we're looking at uh, dividing up all of the different aspects of it and building it and scaling it out uh, to where we continue. We are the fastest growing personal development book series in the world. And that's uh, a wonderful thing, but we want to really uh, create more uh, interconnectedness and depth within the community or, you know, the current term tribe. Uh, mm-hmm. As we see people fade away sometimes as they're, con- they're conditioned, as I said earlier, to constantly seek out other things where you should be doing that. But sometimes as Acres of Diamonds discloses eloquently, uh, the treasure sometimes in your backyard. I mean, so with uh, the ability to connect with 300 other people that you have a common thread with in 26 countries, me personally, I could leverage that into a million dollars a year uh, yeah. because it's really – not who you know, it's who knows you. Mm. I, I have so that leverage same passion. Is, oh, is huge. No, you have what? Yeah. Go ahead. That passion, you know, for looking at what we have already. I think that's so common for people to assume that their answers <laughs> are outside of, of where they currently are. And sometimes we just need to stop and look at what's right in front of our face and in our backyard, <laughs> as you said. Um, and, you know, it's just incredible how much we really do have in this community. So um, thank you for reiterating well, that. Well, you're a big it's, part it's, of it, and we're going to do some big things. We've got events we're going to 
we're going to look at doing that will uh, embrace uh, all the co-authors with a special breakout session for them, and then the general public to come in as well. And we'll have some multiple speakers coming up. As a matter of fact, I was on the phone with Jim Britt this morning discussing some tentative dates for that so that we, uh, we can open up the wisdom uh, to, the, uh, to all the attendees and then uh, also serve the co-authors that have, have made a commitment, too, to the community. I mean, you know, at, if somebody asked me the other day, they said, you know, Jim, there's a certain industry we were discussing, and they said, uh, well, most people don't make money. And I said, uh, okay. He goes, did you hear what I said? I said, yeah. He said, most people don't make most people don't make money. She goes, what do you think about that? I go, I think most people don't make money. <laughs> and, and I said, you know, you've got to look at something, though. Is most people with a real estate license have never sold a house. Most people that buy a guitar never learn to play it. And most people with a gym membership aren't looking all that fit. Right. So <laughs> it's really not the vehicle. It is the insertion of oneself into the vehicle and the amount of commitment they have. And then it really is. And I'll, you know, kick it back to you, but it's really tenacity, drive, focus, vision, and commitment. Um, you know, people have to learn that everybody has 24 hours in a day, and they have habits that steal away incremental time. So, you know, we have to be able to really manage your time effectively. And, and I have a lot of fun. I live downtown mm-hmm. San Diego. There's music venues everywhere. There's harbors. I mean, there's everything going on. So I have a ton of fun. Uh, but I also, while I'm over waiting to meet somebody for lunch, overlooking the harbor with the beautiful bo- boats, I've got my phone and I'm going to work for 20 minutes. I'm going to mm-hmm. use those little incremental times that add up to hours and hours and hours and collectively and cumulatively add up to uh, to growth in my business or exposure or whatever my agenda is. Yeah. So good. So good. What keeps you inspired, like so fired up and lit? Because this is how it's supposed to be. This is not work for us. This is an expression of who we are. It truly is art. So what keeps you so fueled? Well, I'm fortunate to get into something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm fortunate to, uh, before I ever created a, a career with it, I became enamored and fascinated by the, by uh, hypnosis itself. And so, you know, it would be uh, somebody that's fascinated by the sound of the guitar. He's fascinated by the sound of an electric guitar. Uh, next ob, you know, step was he buys one, then he learns to play it, and then he turns it into some career, whether that be teaching guitar, studio musician, or performing on stage. So I never get tired of the sound of the guitar, or I never get, you know, somebody asked me the other day, I was over uh, at Balboa Park over here, and I was reading, and somebody said, uh, are you Jim Lutz? And I go, yeah, you're the hypnotist, right? And they go, I go, yeah, I am. And, uh, and uh, they go, what are you reading? A book on hypnosis. I mean, it's almost, I already know it all for the most part, but it's still the most fascinating subject. So it's like somebody that is loves the history of the civil war. He probably still spends time and will never stop reading history of the civil war. So what drives you is that, that, that uh, love of the subject, but then the, the reciprocal benefit of helping other people um, with it. And so you have to, oh, I do too, Stacey. You always have to divide what it is you want to do and is it getting you to where you want to go. And that, and for a lot of people, if you're in the people helping business, whether you're doing uh, Reiki or whether you're doing you know, massage or coaching or you know, whatever it is, um, 
some acupuncture, whatever form of people helping business you're in, it's very difficult for a lot of people, especially if they've had challenges themselves, to ask for money or to monetize it. Well, that's what a business does. And so they have to, if you have a restaurant, you can't give all the food away. If you have a clothing store, you can't give away all the clothes, even though we all know there's cold people out there. We, you know, we can't just give them all away. You can find a way to serve others, but just like when you're on an airplane, well, they tell you when the oxygen mass drops from, God forbid, from, drops from the top, you put, even if you have a seven-year-old child sitting next to you, you put it over your mouth because you have to be healthy. Um, spiritually, relationships, emotionally, financially, before you can truly give to other people from a position of being able to do that as well. So it's not ego. It's not self-serving. It's not narcissism. You know, it has to do with your life's important too. I mean, and while we're, you know, while we're helping the other people, you just want to make sure that, you know, if you indeed want to build a business, that, that monetizing it is okay. You know, I had, uh, and I share this with you, and I don't, I don't share it on, you know, I was just asked uh, at, a, at a gathering of people uh, a few weeks ago to share it, and they asked me, will you share it? And I said, yeah, I'll share it. Uh, and they said, you know, Jim's going to share something he never shares. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and so uh, pretty much true. Um, you know, and so uh, like last year, for instance, I died three times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, well, but I'm still here, and some people aren't, right? So, mm-hmm. But my training that I've taught others, that I've taught myself, shows me how to compartmentalize that into where it does not engulf me for the rest of my life. Um, it, uh, it's something that happened. It's something past tense. It happened. I learned from it. I'm happy to, to uh, empathize with people versus just be compassionate. Those are two different things. Yeah. But, you know, last year, I mean, out of nowhere, bam, 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 three times. And uh, each time getting ready to sign out. So now, um, as as you know, and as a lot of people are aware of, that uh, there's a strong mind-body connection. So now when I go to the, I won't belabor everybody with it, but when I go to the doctor to uh, get checked up and make sure I'm not going to die again, they said, uh, (laughs) wow. They go, wow, everything's perfect. And I go, well, what do you expect? He goes, well, I don't know. He goes, he goes, when do you want to see me again? And I said, never. <clears throat> and he said, uh, and he goes, how about a year, man? He goes, are you okay with a year? Come back in a year? I go, yeah, I'll be okay with a year. So off I went and I uh, feel great. Everything's fantastic. Uh, but it goes back. Everybody knows that until they experience something, like the loss of a loved one or themselves or something, because it's easy to say, live for the now, live for the day. Um, you know, it's easy to say those statements. And going really this is this is how the biography ends like like this you know right. it's not really what i planned I, you know I'm, I'm not setting the world motorcycle jumping record or you know i'm just mm-hmm. laying on the floor so yeah you never you never know so you know i yeah. think helping other people i think you have to become a bridge for other people because you don't know where they're at um, yeah. you don't know where they're at inside you don't know i mean some people's coping mechanisms are fractional based upon somebody that is you know just tougher or, you know, has the ability to cope with circumstances. So always respect where they're at. And then if you become that conduit or that bridge to get them from where they're at to where they want to go, that's progression. And it might be incremental or it might be gigantic, but at least they're moving out of the space they're in towards something that they desire. Yeah. 
Amen. That's all so good. Wow, we almost lost you three times last year, and very few people knew that. And that is just, um, you know, again, evidence that you you continue to move forward, and you made a decision to live and not die. And um, we're grateful. We are so grateful. You yeah, that was, a good, that was one of the best. That was one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, you brought up the, I love the word fascination. It's such an important word. And there was something that fascinated all of us when we decided to step out and be a business owner or an entrepreneur and serve people and bring solutions to the world. And I think it's so important to revisit that, you know, to return to your first love. Like you said, you're still reading books on, on hypnosis. That's where it all started for you. And I think it's important for all of us to stay connected to the beginnings. You know, what was it that lit us up in the beginning and let this not be about money and let it not be about the mechanics of building a business, but more about staying, you know, on fire um, and in love, you know, be moved and compelled by love. So I, I just, um, that was a really good, loud message that I just heard. So thank you for that. And thank you for being on the show today. You are incredibly um, inspiring and I'm grateful for your vision. I'm grateful for um, your presence in my life and, and your commitment, you know, to continue to help the people and, and to reach out and be, be available. You are so available for over 300 co-authors in 26 countries and you give away your phone number and um, you are truly available for all of us. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. And if anybody, we've got a lot of events coming up in 2019 and, and uh, reach out to Stacy. Um, if you're a coach, speaker, um, author, somebody that uh, is, has the ability to empower others and, uh, and help them on their chosen path. Uh, we'd love to have you on the radio show, uh, and uh, we get your details on the book as well. Uh, then you can contact me at info at loopsinternational.com, L-U-T-E-S, international spelled out, dot com. Uh, anybody that's listening, I'll give you, uh, you know, special uh, admission to any of the events I've got coming up. Uh, we've got a lot of them. I know we've got uh, CPI coming up in San Diego. Looks like probably first part of April. Got some other things coming up in, uh, in Southern California as well. And uh, any other ventures, anything else, um, you know, reach out. And if I can, con- if it's not me, I can connect you to somebody that can help you. And, and uh, I'm pretty connected. So I'd be happy to make yeah, that, you introduction are. that introduction as well. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. You, Jim you. is all over. Yeah, you're welcome. He's all over social media. So hook up with Jim Lutz or Lutz International and um, stay connected to all the work that's going on. So good stuff. And if you're ready to share your story and get your work out into the world, you can contact me anytime at Stacy S-T-A-C-E-Y, at stacy.com. And I am all about your success, so don't hold back. We can get your voice out there. We can get your, um, your message out there in a really big way. So until next time, continue to be the change that you're hoping to see in the world. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Stacey. Bye. Bye.